0: This episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and receive 15% off your next order. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On this Podcast, your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, big weekend for the Maple Leafs, coming away with a two-game sweep of the trailing Winnipeg Jets in the playoff race. And, oh, look at that, eight points. They now are back of the Leafs, two massive wins. They really needed to come in and get a solid, solid couple of wins, especially since, you know, the the team was coming off of a stretch where they had lost uh, like five five of the last six games on that five game losing streak and allow Winnipeg to kind of get back into the fight a little bit and Edmonton. Let's not forget about them. They're only nine points back as well, uh, with a couple of games in hand, I believe, on Toronto. But uh big time, big time victories. You know, that that's that's the beating Winnipeg is huge, not only for the fact that this is gonna allow them to get that separation in the division, but also for the fact that they may see them in the playoffs and they're going to have success and know that they'll have success against the team because they found out ways to do it in the regular season. So big time 4-1 win over Winnipeg. I'm not going to spend too, too much time breaking down uh, the game. Probably not going to do the three stars. I will, you know, get my thoughts out onto it, but we actually have some other news that we're going to be getting to as well today. Freddie Anderson has spoken <laughs> yes the Maple Leafs allowed him to speak to the media today so I pulled out a couple of clips from that media session that he had today that I kind of want to talk about and kind of see what's going on here with Toronto going forward in the goaltending position and and if we'll see Freddie when we might see Freddie and uh, so we'll we'll get to that and get his thoughts on what's been going on with him or the next little bit and what his future looks like um, but before I do get to all that, I will let you know about my thoughts of this game the other night because, let's face it, it was a good game. Like, it was actually a really good game of hockey. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Not, I mean, the 4-1 win was a cherry on top, obviously, but, like, this one started out a little rocky, obviously, in the first minute. Nick Eeler scoring on a nice little backdoor play. I-, I don't think anyone was, <laughs> was saying oh, it's okay, we'll, we'll win this game. There was a little bit of hesitancy there. Like, let's let's not kid ourselves. Slide hesitancy when Ehlers opens up the scoring pretty early on. But then Jack Campbell just shut things down after that, made 25 consecutive saves, and held uh, held them scoreless the rest of the way, really. And I, I, I think that Jack Campbell, I, the fact that he's got his winning mojo back and, and seems to be playing well again, and he's happy after... After these games, and he's not being hard on himself. I'm at the point now where I think this is all this is all mental for Jack Campbell. It really is, and he's in a good frame of mind right now. And I think when he's in a good frame of mind and he's confident in his game, then he's going to win, and is he, well, he's at least going to play well. And that's what we've seen over the last couple of games um, in Winnipeg. He's he's had an opportunity to come in and kind of reclaim that starting role, I guess, after Riddick kind of blew it. In that start last week and uh, against the the Canucks, and he's come in and he's played well the last couple of games against Winnipeg and played well again on Saturday. A uh, couple other players who stood out to me. We got to talk quickly about uh, Joe Thornton. Uh, there's been a lot of conversations about him as of late and just the way that he's playing, and he's really starting to show that you know he does have value to this team on the ice. You know, I think there was some rumblings that was being chatted about, you know, when this team is fully healthy, who comes out of the lineup. And Joe Thornton often found himself out of the lineup when people were putting their kind of their, their mock lineups together. I think he heard that. And I think he said to himself, you know what, let's flip the switch. And he has, and he is playing really good hockey right now. He, he's not, like, he's playing fourth line minutes. He's not playing a whole lot. But when he's out there, he's being effective. And I like that fourth line. The way they're constructed right now, Adam Brooks, Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, they're playing some real solid hockey, and they have been for a little bit now. And they're contributing. You know, Joe Thornton finally gets on the goal goal sheet uh, with that wraparound. Became the oldest Maple Leaf to score, which was great. You know, he's been getting physical, which is something that I think, like, that edge is something that... This team needs to see Edith Thornton because you, you get this old grizzle vet going out there, laying the body, getting hits. That's going to inspire the rest of these guys to go out there and also put their bodies on the line. And, and this is like he, he's hidden, He's entered playoff mode. I think that's it. In his mind, he's entered playoff mode. There's 10 games left in the seat. Not even at this point. I think there's, what, eight games left. He's, he's realizing that it's time to flip the switch and get it going. And I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Joe Thornton. Uh, another guy who I would like to talk about is Rasmus. Oh, also, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this news, uh, talk about playing with an edge and stuff. Um, you know, there's a couple injuries to Winnipeg. We saw Lowry got hurt the other night. And Ehlers now going to be out for the rest of the season with an injury. So, <laughs> Winnipeg was talking about how the Leafs were playing dirty before this game. Now they lost one of their best players for this playoff stretch. Down the, They're not going to be too, too happy with that one, I reckon. Um, so, yeah, Ealer's out for a little bit. Lowry out as well um, with this team just playing a lot more physical. And someone who I guess could be lucky, aren't going to be out for a little bit considering he just came back from a concussion, is Blake Wheeler. Ladies and gentlemen, Rasmus Sandin has arrived. He has arrived. That was one of the most textbook, beautiful reverse hits I have ever seen. Just went in there, went to go and shield the puck and brace himself to make sure that he didn't get Like. He's not a big guy, and a big knock on Sandeem was whether or not he was tough enough, and, and not tough enough, but if he was strong enough to compete with the big bodies, the men in the NHL. And I think that reverse hit was, like, that was a statement saying, hey, I belong here. I belong in the NHL. I do not want to come out of this lineup anymore. And I think that, like, if he keeps playing the way he is, he's, he's definitely earned it. He's not getting too much time. He played uh, 13 minutes, 50 seconds, so just a shade under 14 minutes of game time. But he was on the ice for a couple of goals, got some power play time on the top unit, which, hey, maybe we can see if that could work because it has been doing much with Morgan Riley quarterbacking it. We know Sandine is a great passer, and he's got good vision. Perhaps Sandine will get an opportunity to play on the power play, but he's looked good there. And just like that that unreal like Wheeler's a big guy, six foot five, two hundred and twenty-five. He is a big man. And Sandine sent that dude flying. I think Kyle Connor somewhat tried to rough him up afterwards. Not really. Kind of gave him a shove and tried to put him in a little chicken wing and it didn't really work out. But uh yeah, Sandine, he he's played great um since he's come back uh into this lineup. You know, that pairing of him and Dermot, I think, is is looking decent. Over the first uh, couple of games they've been together since Zach Bogosian's injury. And it's got to be a nice breath of fresh air because, you know, when Bogosian goes down, you think to yourself, oh, no, this team has been really healthy on the back end all season. And just ahead of the playoffs, they received their their kind of first big injury. And uh, luckily, they haven't missed a beat. You know, Dermott has played decently and, and Sandine as well. They're not overplaying them. They're playing them, you know, under 15 minutes and just giving them enough time where they can be productive and you know not hindering themselves um which I think is good and here's what John Tavares actually had to say about Sandine post game after uh after that one against the Winnipeg Jets
1: uh Sandy's phenomenal I think you see uh the skill set the potential and or the impact he's making and what he did uh, last year at such a young age um even down the stretch, playing really important minutes in games, you know, obviously he obviously hasn't played too much game action this year. So, but uh, um, you see, he's going to be a real special player for us, um, not only now, but uh, uh, what he's going to continue to evolve into. So, yeah, and, and he's got a little bite to his game. Uh, you know, some, you know, able to hold his own. Uh, you know, when you got a lot of guys checking on you as a D man, that's that's important to have. And even for a guy maybe not think is the biggest, his ability to uh, hold his own, uh, take the pressure, absorb it, and give it back a little bit is, is fantastic.
0: And that's exactly what he did on that hit, reverse hit on Blake Wheeler. Took the pressure and gave a little bit back to him. And let's be honest, I, I just don't think Wheeler was expecting it, right? Like, I think he's obviously a guy, he's pretty strong on his skates. If that would have been, let's say, like Chara that he was going in on, where he was expecting for someone to kind of pull up like that, probably would have embraced it or braced himself a little bit more and wouldn't have ended up on the ground looking silly. But uh, it's it, it is encouraging to see though that Sandine isn't shying away from those bigger bodies in the corners, right? Like that was a puck in the corner where Sandine went to go and play it, and a Winnipeg Jet thought, "Hey, I'm going to come in and I'm going to put pressure on him, lay some body, maybe create a turnover in the defensive end." And Sandine said, "No, no, no, I'm going to play this puck. I'm going to hold up, embrace, brace myself, and." He did that, and and it's just it's encouraging to see. And, and like Tavares said, it's going to be a big part of this team now and in the future. And I think that Rasmus Sandin has arrived and is here to stay, even when Bogosian comes back. We've had this discussion before. I had it with Tony Ferrari uh, on, on an earlier podcast, and he believes that that is to be the case. I think that was kind of a solidifying "I'm here, I belong here" moment to me. And, and I'd be shocked to see this guy get out of the lineup. Um, at this point, now the way that he's playing, the um, the other player that really uh, stood out to me, I would say, in that game was William Nylander, Thinking that he's he's really getting back into the good books of Sheldon Keith, back into the good books of uh, of a lot of Leaf fans. The way that he's played over the last say week, I guess, since he's been um, since he was apparently going to miss a game, like since he missed that meeting last weekend. And then he was supposed to miss a game, but then there was an injury to Mikheyev, so he had to play. And he's been really, really good since then. And, uh, you know, he, he's been productive on both ends, not just offensively. He seems to be buying in. And it's really nice to see uh, Really nice to see Nylander and Tavares, the, the two of them. Now that we got both of them going, Matthews and Marner are going. We could see what this team looks like when all cylinders are firing. And, man... With the playoffs coming up, this is the right time to get everyone going. This is the right time to do it. And it's got me excited. It's got me happy. And there's one more guy, one more guy who may factor into the Leafs' playoff plans. And if they can get this guy firing, look out. Look out. Because this is a legitimate cup contender. The man I'm speaking about is none other than Freddie Anderson, who is going to be back soon. He's going to be back soon. He spoke to the media for the first time today in a while, and I would assume that the only reason why he spoke to the media is because he's going to end up playing some games here rather soon, at least before the playoffs, um, or else there would have been no point in holding that availability. Uh, But I have some clips from the availability. I'll tell you what I think about what he had to say, and we'll do that all afterward from our show sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Leafs once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to right here every day on Locked On Leafs. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join the conversations about the league, about the NHL and about the Maple Leafs first and foremost. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, pre-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the biggest news and rumors. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS systems. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow me as well at Leaves or at Mike underscore to be notified when my room goes live i know you won't want to miss it i'm planning to be there live every single week at least once a week we'll be doing one of these bad boys i can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the leafs i'll see you there locker room changing the way we talk sports all right welcome back to the locked on these podcast, mike DiStefano, with you the host of this program Uh, So, Freddie Anderson has not played since March 19th. There's been a lot of confusion as to why exactly that is, what is the injury he is dealing with, and what's the timeline. None of these questions have been answered by the Leafs or by Freddie until now. We finally have some answers because Frederick Anderson did a, a, a media availability today for the Maple Leafs um, and I, w- I went through it. I pulled out some of the clips that I thought were most interesting that we could discuss, and I wanted you to listen to them and-, and come straight from the horse's mouth himself, right? I don't need to just sit here and talk about it. I have the abilities to pull the clips and play them for you. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, so let's listen to uh, the first clip here. Uh, let me see. So this one from Anderson is-, is more so like a deeper answer on his injury. So, like I said, it, there hasn't been a lot of information about why this guy hasn't been in the crease, why he was getting checkups and not playing for, for Toronto, and if he was going to be back, why he went on LTIR, and, and, and whether or not he was going to be ready to go before the playoffs. And And this is really the deep answer that Anderson gave. Um, as to what the injury actually is and how he's been feeling throughout the process and the reason why he ultimately decided it was his call to pull himself off the ice and uh, decide to get himself back to 100% before ultimately deciding when he will get back into the crease. So here is his answer on all that.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, obviously something uh, around my knee, but uh, some obviously because of my position, it's... Uh, some some stressful areas that uh, that my body gets into and and, and that created some problems that uh, that uh, I was happy that I kind of caught and and got uh, yeah got fixed before it, it could have gotten uh, any worse so um yeah just relieved that uh that it's going uh in the right direction now and and, and towards uh being back on the ice uh, full-time I reached a point where I just couldn't uh kind of feel feel confident in the that and, and pushing and, and stopping as hard as I needed to 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 be aggressive and and I think just it, it showed. Uh, um, it was really hard to, uh, to say stop. And, and as a, I think, as a player and as a competitor, you don't want to admit or, or kind of say stop yourself. And I think that was uh, it. Was maybe going on for a little bit too long. And I think, like I said before, I was just happy that it, that I caught it before, and and it, it
0: didn't get any worse. So. You know, we we always knew that this was on Freddie's timeline. Like, they, they've they said that at least, and we've known this, that this was kind of Freddie who realized, look, there's something wrong. I want to get it get it going. And I think the, because Jack Campbell was playing so well, I think all parties agreed, okay, you know what? We can afford to have you miss some time and uh, get you right, get you 100%. So that's basically what they did. I, I think it's real interesting, though, that – the fact that it was kind of, you know, he got to a point, as an athlete, they, they like to play through everything, but it got to a point where he actually took himself out of the lineup because he felt like he couldn't perform to the point to help this team win, which I think is very admirable for Freddie. Extremely, especially in the contract year, you would think you'd want to stay in there. You don't want to be known as as injury-prone going into a contract year, and Actually, the question was posed to him about whether or not that had weighed on him, the fact that this was a contract year, and whether or not that factored into whether he wants to come back early, whether he took himself out in general. So uh, Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star asked Freddie about that, and here was his answer. Freddie, it's also a contract year for you. You haven't spoken much about it, but did that weigh in your mind at all that you want to play to, to show your to show your worth sort of thing? Mm, not
1: really, because I think I know what uh, I know what I'm worth. I know I'm, I'm a great goalie, so I don't think that's not really at the forefront. I think the the biggest part is just what we got going on going on here on the team, and I think we have an in, and a really special opportunity to to do something special this year. I think uh, the group we have here is amazing. I think we've done a lot of hard work, and, and it's it's rolling well. So I think the biggest uh, motivator for me is just being part of that. I think want I want to contribute to that, and I want to be uh, yeah be with the group.
0: So I, that's pretty selfless to me. Honestly, I'm I'm quite surprised because if that were me, I, I'm probably selfish enough to, to want to stick in there and try and fight my way through whatever I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with and try and get through it and, and try and put up as good numbers as I could, knowing that I'm going to a contract here. But Hey, that's why I'm not in the NHL and Freddie is, um, and probably why the team loves this guy so much. Like, he gets a really bad rep from fans and from from uh, the media for for kind of how he's played in the playoffs and and how he hasn't quite been a, a star that I think we all hope that he would be. Um, he's just kind of been like a, a a really good starter, but he hasn't been exceptional. But there's something also about the the like how the room feels about this guy, and, and they clearly like him a lot and I think it's some of those things that we just heard how selfless he is um, and how he's very team first oriented so um, I thought that was something that I pulled out of it as well i got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, Cookies and Cream. It is fantastic. But they also got Caramel Brownie, Cherry Barsia, Carrot Cake, Apple, Almond Crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself. My Peanut Butter Brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and best of all the built bar is healthy folks Bill bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for the keto diet let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar it's got 19 grams of protein just 180 calories just five grams of sugar and only five grams of net carbs I'm telling you these bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code lockedon at builtbar.com. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. But the next question that everybody had for him was, when are you coming back? And like I said earlier, you got to assume that he's coming back soon because they would not let him do immediate availability with like two weeks left to go in the regular season, almost three weeks left to go in the season, um, if they weren't expecting him to play some games here. I feel like they would, you know keep them muzzled up and keep doing what they're doing but was out there play had a full 90 minute practice for the first time today and afterwards uh made him available for for uh to speak with the media now i don't think he's probably not going to play this week in montreal i'd be shocked if that's the case but if you ask freddie he does want to play before the playoffs
1: yeah of course it's it's great if i can get in uh some game action i think uh we have different options to to try to do that, and uh, but right now my my focus is more just to see how it progresses day by day, and and I think we still have some time to, yeah, like you said, hopefully get in some uh, some game action.
0: The interesting part about what he said there was we have some options, and those options would be to if he wants to get in game action, and he didn't specifically say NHL game action, so. One option, obviously, is to get them some games in the NHL. There's some cap finagling that I'm sure they're going to have to do to get there, but um I am I'm confident that Brandon Pritham and Kyle Dubis didn't make these moves at the deadline without having kind of an escape uh, an escape rope planned for if Freddie does come back before uh, the end of the regular season if they have to bring him back off of LTIR. So I'm going to go under the assumption and say that that will not be as much as an issue as is being reported. Uh, that being said, though, if that if that kind of is the case and, and there's an issue there or they don't want to have to, to do a lot of work, the other option, outside of, of figuring it out cap-wise and get them in playing some NHL games, the other option is to send him down to the AHL with the Marlies on a conditioning stint. Which, I mean, after not playing for, what, over a month? Almost five weeks? Actually, five weeks. Yeah, it's been about five weeks since he's played last. He could definitely get away with with a conditioning stint and just get him a couple of starts down in the minors just to get him some game action. Allow him to see pucks coming at him in game action. Because it's, it's totally different. You could talk to any goaltender. You know, you could see as many pucks and look like Patrick Waugh out there in practice, stopping everything. But then game action comes, it's a little different. You know, you always hear about practice heroes. But very rarely are those guys, you know, Hall of Famers as well. <laughs> right? So there's a couple of options here for Anderson. I would be shocked if they went the conditioning stint route. Maybe he gets one conditioning game with the Marlies, and then brings him up to the NHL. I, I kind of I wonder what would if this could potentially have to do with uh, Zach Hyman and whether or not they kind of shut him down for the rest of the regular season, shove him on LTIR, and and that would give them enough cap to to allow Anderson to come back because. You, if you're gonna play in the playoffs and you're Freddie, you definitely should be getting NHL game action, uh, just because it, you know there's it, a a much different uh, skill level between the two leagues. I think everybody knows that. So, and especially once you get to the playoffs, uh, it's the best of the best. So I think that. The least would be best. It'd be in their best interest if they can somehow get him a couple of games um, before the playoffs start, and then really see where his game is at. Because I don't, I don't think that they should roll the. If they, it's totally different if he's injured and he legitimately just like doesn't feel ready until the playoffs. Different story. But I think they would be foolish to kind of roll the dice. And not play him just so that they can kind of get around the cap in, in certain ways. And then roll the dice and see how he's feeling or how he's playing in or how he looks in game action in the playoffs where the games matter most. That's my That's kind of my two cents on it. If he can play, this team is definitely best to bring him back as soon as possible. And get him in as many games as possible between now and the playoffs, because you got to figure it out. Are you going with Freddie in game one, or are you going with Jack Campbell in game one? If Freddie does not play between now and the playoffs, I think your answer is is Jack Campbell. But if you want to figure that out and you want to see, okay, is Freddie good to go? Can he give us an opportunity to win? He's definitely got to play games before that before the drop the puck game one against whoever they play. As of now, it'd be Montreal. So we'll see what ends up happening with the goalie positioning. Right now, obviously, it's uh, Campbell and Riddick, and looks like Campbell will probably end up with a, a bulk of the starts down the going forward. There's a couple back-to-backs in there where Riddick could end up getting some games, or perhaps those are the games that they get Freddie Anderson into if he's able to play. We'll see. Like I said, he hasn't played in five weeks. The team has performed admirably without him. Like they haven't really like dropped off at all, actually. They're uh eleven three and three since he last played on March nineteenth. So the team's still winning games, regardless if he's there or not. The thing that I actually found really interesting, which I completely kind of like forgot, we talked about Jack Campbell and how he gives his team the best chance to win. And, you know, back when, when before they shut Freddie down, there was a conversation about whether we should give Campbell a chance for the starting role. He'd only played three games, (laughs) three starts before that injury occurred to Freddie Anderson. And we were ready to anoint this guy as the starter. It's actually like bonkers when I think about it. But hey, he's run away with it. 10, 2, and 1 since then. The 9-15 save percentage. And he's got this team in the number one spot in the North Division. Is the job his? That is a legitimately valid question. We're sitting here talking, if Anderson's healthy, he should play. And that's true. I think he should play. At, like, he should get a chance to show what he's got. But even if he comes in and he, he he plays, you know, up to Anderson's average standards, does that automatically dispel Jack Campbell as the starter? I don't know. You let me know. You this is a, a question I have for you guys, the listeners. Let me know on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck or shout me out on the on the uh, on the show page at Lockdown Leafs if you think. Anderson should still be considered this team's starter if healthy? Or is it Campbell's net to lose? I think it's going to be interesting. The last, this is really the big storyline at this point, because I think up by eight points, uh, nine points with, with Edmonton. I think it's safe to say that Toronto has this division locked up. So at this point, the one storyline that I think I'm still looking toward looking forward to seeing how it unfolds between here and the start of the, the end of the regular season is what happens with Freddie, how does he play, and whether or not he warrants supplanting Campbell as the starter, considering how well Campbell has played since Anderson went out. It's definitely going to be a, a tough question, a, a tough, I don't want to say question, but like like it's a good problem to have, but the the coaching staff are, is going to have a, a, a tough conundrum on their hands, I guess might be the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but you let me know, like I said, let me know on Twitter what you think should happen with the goaltending position when both goalies are healthy, going down the stretch here and heading into the playoffs. Let me know on Twitter. Uh, that's the new one for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.